You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, kind sir, how are you? I want to take today, man, to yeah. or this moment to officially apologize to Mike White. That is how I want to start the show. Sorry, Mike White. Uh, yeah, what's bananas about all of that is Mike White was probably the fifth or sixth biggest story from <laughs> the NFL last weekend. Just utterly insane. And it's going to it's continuing, you know, as we speak, there's drama playing out in Cleveland. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about the deals. We're going to talk about the deals that didn't happen. We're going to talk about week nine in the National Football League. I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to be using them for all of the lines and our picks a little bit later on. Uh, I guess I guess let's start with the current events, and that is that members of the Cleveland Browns have been notified by head coach Kevin Stefanski that Odell Beckham Jr. will not be with the team any longer. Yeah, not surprising, similar to the sentiment of their quarterback, but yeah. I just don't know how to think about this. I think it, it makes sense. I'm happy for both sides, to be honest. We can get rid of just this giant elephant that is you know, is the team slash offense better with OBJ in the lineup. We can stop with the, you know, will he be trade? We can stop all the, the, the things that aren't happening and focus on what's next. But that's yeah. where there's fog for me. What is next for Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, it's a, it's a confusing situation for sure because obviously the end, the trade deadline was earlier this week and the news came out that the Browns and the Saints were talking about a potential deal that would have seen Odell traded to Nolans mm. uh f- fell through and now it makes you wonder why why did it fall through? If we knew this was coming, why would Cleveland not accept any compensation whatsoever to make sure that one, you're getting the rest of Odell's money off the books right now because there's nothing guaranteed left. And two, you're making goddamn sure that this guy isn't a Baltimore Raven or something like that later this month. Keep him out of the AFC. Keep him out right. of the AFC is the number one goal. And if this report is true, you fumbled it, which at this point in the Cleveland 2021 season makes all the sense in the world. So I don't have a real reason, real... like. Because there's nothing on Cleveland's side that says don't make this deal unless they think something better is coming down the pipeline. And yeah. it's proven that it, it, there was nothing. No, Odell's career really a tale of two halves. It's pre and post Brown. Really takes the league by storm in 2014. 91 catches as a rookie. 12 touchdowns. Follows that up with 96 and 13. Then 101 and 10 in 2016. Pro Bowlers, uh, Pro Bowls, all three of those, and he's never been back to a Pro Bowl since then. He had an injury-riddled season in 2017. 2018, he came back with the Giants, 77 catches for six touchdowns. Wasn't his usual explosive self. 
goes to Cleveland, and this is the misnomer. Uh, people, I, I think they've forgotten that first year was pretty decent when they write the Odell narrative mm-hmm. because it tends to be like it's never worked. No, it did. He caught 75 passes in a run-heavy offense in, in 2019, you know, only four touchdowns and maybe not as many giant explosive plays as we're used to, but... He was also a 27-year-old wide receiver coming off of uh, uh, you know, a time when he was injured pretty badly a year and a half before that. Yeah. So it's not crazy to think that there would be a drop-off. But then it gets weird. 2020, 23 catches in seven games. 2021, 17 catches in six games. Now, he, he was targeted 34 times, and he's only caught half of his targets, which is pretty appalling for a guy who's as talented as him and we you know i think we saw at the end of the game he wasn't super interested in extending to try and make a tough catch when he knew he was going to get blown up yeah ultimately what was the undoing here in your mind uh i think it's the combination of all things i think that probably still frustrated that he's not 100 percent. probably very frustrated that his numbers have gone down Probably very frustrated that you want to have a rapport with your quarterback, but you don't. Then there's just the whole media part of it. There's the perception. And and we know that Odell Beckham Jr. buys into that. We know that at worst, at minimum, he's listening. So, yeah. you know, you combine all those things and you're like, this isn't working out. This is not, I don't, I'm not, a, he's already said it once in, in the first location. I'm not having fun anymore. Uh, the bluff was called on that amount of fun. And uh, safe to say that this is much less fun for Odell. Yeah, you know, I would have, I would have thought he would at least have some idea of what he was getting into because the Kevin Stefanski offenses, ever since you know he was in Minnesota, they have never been above twenty eighth in the league in terms of wide receiver targets within an offense. You saw what happened to your former teammate Jarvis Landry at LSU, hundred and twelve catches in Miami in twenty seventeen comes to. Cleveland in 2018, that number drops by 31. Now, Juice has been a little bit more consistent in terms of at least putting up the the catch numbers. 81 his first year, 83 his second year, but he's down to 16 in four games this year. He was he was at 72 in 15 games last year. The the Cleveland Browns are paying the most money of any NFL team to the wide receiver position, and they are just not getting commensurate value from that position. Yeah, it's a weird thing because they're paying for guys that can do it and they're not the focus or primary um, point of success in an offense. So now you've got all this money that you're already, you know, per the system, setting up your production for your wide receiver core to be topped topped off at a certain level. Like, like we said, yeah. a productive season for a uh, first-timer in the system, which is a different system, but first-timer, you know, 77 catches, four touchdowns for uh, Beckham. That's production, and that's mm-hmm. not, you know, highest-paid receiver, receiving core production, but that's production in that offense. So once you start adding the variables of struggle and, you know, Baker's getting a lot of, of grace here internally from what we can see. We don't know what's going on in that locker room. We don't know what's going on in those meeting rooms. But right now, Baker's the guy. They're rocking with him. They aren't pushing back in any way to say that he needs to step up at all. And so now we're looking at a situation where 
your receivers aren't doing what they're supposed to do and you're paying them a lot. That's the conversation. That's the nuance. And that's going to trickle down. Jarvis Landry's a different guy, man, but there's got to be some frustration from him as well. Yeah, I would think. I mean, Juice was kind of getting his before Odell got there. And I just, it's got to be difficult when one of your close friends comes in and it's just such a clunky fit from the get go. And it's weird too, because, you know, you look back at those like 2018, 2019 Minnesota teams, Stefanski was the pseudo offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator, but not necessarily calling plays. Yeah. Uh, you had, you had Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray getting the ball. And now granted, Dalvin Cook only played 11 games that year, but you had Adam Thielen catch 113 passes. You had Stefan Diggs catch 102 passes. Kyle Rudolph caught 64 passes. There should be room for both. And I, I know they're not trying to accommodate Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt within the constructs of that right. uh, in terms of Minnesota, but it just seems like the production should have been greater. Yeah. So what does that, you know, point towards? And I, I don't want to keep beating this dead horse, but one thing Kirk Cousins was able to do is push the ball downfield and activate yeah. those guys. And right now, if we're talking about already, you know, managing reps and touches, not so much reps, but touches in a two in a two back system where those guys you eat when they eat. You know, what I mean, it's not yeah. like you know Murray, good player, Dalvin Cook, top running back in the league. But when you're talking about two guys that could be top eight. And you want and you find success in the win column, you get drives down the field, then if you're not maximizing the pass game, if you're not driving the ball down the field when you are passing, then it's gonna be a huge discrepancy um on the stat sheet. Bavada still has the Ravens sitting uh, pardon me, Bavada still has the Browns sitting at plus five fifty to win the AFC North, third place ahead of the Steelers. It's just, it's going to be really interesting to see what shape this offense takes when they take the field against Cincinnati, because this is going to be the, one of those moments where you either come together or you fall apart, and we're going to find out pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself on my on my prediction, but I think before all of this you know, added noise, or I would say definitive statement noise, I mean, mm. it's been, they've been dealing with it all year but you know there's gonna have to be something that comes from it and typically you you get a team especially offensively that's pressing and you don't want you don't want baker mayfield pressing it's, it's not good for anybody especially against a team that can score points so we will see how this turns out on sunday yeah you know i've i've said it all year but the browns are setting themselves up to be I don't know, the premier destination for a, uh, a veteran quarterback looking to win this offseason. Maybe it's Russell Wilson. Maybe it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, maybe the guy I really like who I think is attainable is Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it's just hard to see that team busting through the ceiling they seem to have hit with Mayfield at quarterback. Yeah, it. this is the team, and it's going to be – the thing about it, what I'm learning is that if it's not, if the, the game plan is not curtailed and, and, and perfectly form fit, I'm not seeing a lot of Baker stretching and making yeah. the play. I think he can effectively run a well-drawn-up game plan at a high level, which we've seen. Uh, but sometimes, you know, creating the play or finding your stud and feeding the stud, which is 
a very important part of just being and feeling the game and raising your level. I haven't seen that consistently from Baker. And so I think we have our answer when it comes to that. Yeah. Or, you know, earlier you referenced the Browns being a team that sort of had to weather the storm, but that particular phrase applies to one team right now more so than maybe I've ever seen in football history. I know that's hyperbole, but we're in uncharted waters here. I'm talking about the Las Vegas Raiders Mm. over the last month. This team has had two vital pieces of their organization, guys who you thought would be the reasons they would win games, find themselves in a situation where they might be done with football forever. Forever. And, you know, football aside, speaking directly to, you know, some of these incidents, um, but, yeah. you know, specifically, like, you've got... you've. <laughs> You've got to be in your right mind, man. And and, and I'm not going to go as far as to say, you know, the privilege thing to play professionally. The privilege is getting through all the hoops and then having the talent. But, you know, as a human being, a decent human being, you've got to be able to make decisions and make calls. And you can't just destroy and fuck up things around you for the sake of it. And so that aside, you know, that being the focus, I mean, that's the focus. Like, get a grip as a human being. Now, when you add the football element to it, I don't know how many more things the Raiders can overcome. If they come out stoic on Sunday, there's Mm -hmm. some type of medicine or there's some type of, you know, psychological expert that they've hired that could be a billionaire right now if if, if they find a way to come out focused. Because this one, this one's a big one, you know. I mean, obviously the other one was too, but like back to back, it's just a lot. Yeah, if if they can somehow find a way to keep this together, then I mean, you have to think that uh, that Rich. God, I can't even remember what his name is. That's the that's how <laughs> rough this is. Uh, that their head coach is he's the favorite for for coach of the year at this point. I mean, how how could he not be? Yeah, if the, if the, and, and what are we defining as salvage? You know what I mean? If he's able to. If they don't look like the worst team in the West, we'll even say that. Not the worst team in the league, but if they don't look like the worst team in the West, then the credit is due. The credit is 1,000% due. We've got to call it. Yeah, Rich Bisakia. I was looking at Bavada's odds for Coach of the Year, and it seems like he's not on there, which is, you know, understandable given the circumstances. But, yeah, I don't... The team... We've just never seen this before. This is... This is ridiculous. This is and ignoring the actual act of what happened, which is heinous, which is horrifying. And I, you know, I have a hard time talking too much about this because we don't know all of the circumstances yet. We don't know all of the details yet. What we know is Henry Ruggs did a really stupid thing very early in the morning, and and that decision, that that selfish decision, cost someone else their life. That's it. And it it very likely cost Henry Ruggs his football career. This is it's just it's not the kind of thing you ever expect to wake up and and see as a headline story that it's just it's just this guy's just done. This is he destroyed his life. He has destroyed his life. He's destroyed, you know, others' lives, the family yeah. of the victim and you know, it, it reverberates, man. So it's just a bad, bad spot and moment. It's one of those things that the, the more you read, 
You know what I mean? The more you get that feeling in the pit of your own stomach. That's how that's how this one felt for me at least. So Henry Ruggs the third. Um, you got what's you, you're going to get what's coming to you in in terms of of, yeah. of of you know justice and what that looks like. But it's a it's a sad day, man. Ir- irresponsibility to the highest. Yeah, I think I think what's out right now is that fa- t- facing two felony charges, DUI leading to a fatality, carries a mandatory two to twenty years in prison. Mm. So I mean, he's getting he's. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to project, man. But yeah, yeah, it's it, it's look. He's not going to get twenty years. That's not going to happen. That's not how the world works. Uh, but he is going to uh, he's going to spend some time inside and yeah. yeah. And there's no reason to think Henry Ruggs is a bad person. Henry Ruggs is a person that did a remarkably stupid and selfish thing. He cost himself. He cost other people. He cost his team. Um, and it just sucks, man, because there's this doesn't need to happen. This is so avoidable. The NFL offers a 24-7 drug car service to players <laughs> and, I believe, team personnel now. Yes. That, yeah. can, that cannot be held against you. You cannot, you know, it, and I know guys are like, oh, if I call the NFL and, you know, I'm wasted or whatever, I'm more likely to get drug tested or I'm more likely to get whatever tested. Who cares? Run with that. Like, run with that, man. Yeah. <laughs> shit, like, shit like this happens. Yeah. Run with the fact that you might get a, a slap on the wrist, man, or inconveniently have to, to pee in a cup. And, and if you are on some other stuff, man, then eat that, man. But this is the alternative. And, and that's the thing. This is the alternative. Those measures are in place. Those expensive measures that the league would not employ, yeah, unless the alternative was absolutely nuts. And that's that's what we're here. Top golf. Who knew? Who even knew? Top golf <laughs> served this much. Who Dude, top, I I didn't know it was coming. They were coming from Top Golf. To everybody, Top Golf is like that place is just like popping. Apparently, it's the club. Like, right it here. seems everybody is at Top Golf. Yeah, look, I have a Top Golf story, and then my Top Golf story is there were no reservations left for me to go to Top Golf <laughs> three weekends <laughs> in a row. That's my Top Top Golf story. So yeah, it is popping. Yeah, damn. How about that? I I feel like I've been there one time in my life, and I think it was in Florida on a vacation, and it just we just kind of walked in, and hmm. uh, it was during during the day though, wasn't it? No. During the day, and then Top Top Golf in Florida. I mean. You could be real golfing. That's true. But the thing about real golfing is it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to do that. I'd I'd rather be a top golf or mini golfing than real golfing. That's real. Um, Yeah. And just crazy situation and uh, avoidable and heartbreaking. And let's hope we don't have to talk about anything like that for uh, a very, very long time. Just came out today. We're gonna another player will be out this weekend. Aaron Rodgers, who is apparently unvaccinated, test positive for COVID, is gonna miss a big game this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is you know irresponsible on a different level than yep. than Ruggs was irresponsible, but still it's irresponsible and selfish. And like, what the hell is the point? You're all you're doing is hurting your team. You're hurting your team. You're, the mis the misleading. You know, I'm uh, immunized. Uh, quote. It's like, yeah. all right, Aaron, like just in case, just in case you were not the guy that people were putting on you during this whole thing, maybe all these years, you are, you're that guy, you're kind of, you're off, 
you're a little off-putting. Yeah. Uh, you're not really with it. You're not all there. And now, you know, but you were funny and you could, you were generational. And now it's this thing that's this other bigger than life thing that's going on, Mr. Rogers. And you, you, you fell short on your responsibility there. So that's the part where we're like, come on, man, come on, dog. This yeah. is, this is trash. Yeah, Rogers still uh, he's still plus eight hundred at Pavada to win MVP. He is the end of the first tier that also includes uh, led by Josh Allen, Matt Stafford plus five hundred. Sorry about that. Kyler Murray a plus fi- uh, five fifty. Mr. Brady a plus six hundred. Dak at six fifty, and then as I said, Rogers eight hundred at Pavada. Um, yeah, man, it's I just. It, so much of this is confusing. Mm-hmm. It's so much of it's confusing because, like you said, there. There were perhaps intimations from Rogers that he was vaccinated. And if that's the case, uh, like we had that dude in hockey, Evander Kane, I think, uh, who, who gave the NHL the fake vaccination card and got suspended uh, just a crap load of games. I don't, how is this different? It's Why not. would Aaron Rodgers not be suspended? Aaron Rodgers, if, if true, and if he misled the Packers, he caused that team to break protocols throughout the entire season in terms of what's ha- supposed to happen with unvaccinated players. Yeah, I think more information is coming out, so we'll see if he... I know the league never considered him vaccinated. I don't know what happened in-house, but we're going to find out. And it is... I mean, having a fake vaccination card as a professional athlete is the wildest thing because you're also giving it to a professional entity. So it's like, that's apples for apples as far as due diligence, man. They're going to do their due diligence, brother. They have the resources. Same here with with Aaron. Like Aaron, it's going to eventually, you know, so. Yeah. You know, he probably, uh, Jake from State Farm probably told him he was okay. So, (laughs) yeah. Got that that Rogers rate for this uh, potential fine. Yeah. Just, it's... It sucks, man. It's, it's why does why does everything have to suck? It's silly, man, because humans are doing this thing. We're riding high as a, as you know, we get our little wins. I don't want to say we're riding high, but we're getting our little wins, and then here comes, oh man, the decisions we make in the dark, and they're really dark, really dark decisions. Almost not even worth mentioning in the scope of everything else that we're talking about. But how about all of a sudden the Rams are like, ah, oh, Deshaun Jackson, we're gonna cut you. That one, again, because all the things, and and this happened a bit, a little bit, you know, the whispers. I'm like, what? What is that? Yeah. And and that's, you know, I just don't. And Von Miller was traded. Who cares now, right? Well, the Von Miller thing was what I was going to get to next. But yeah, the Deshaun, like, it's just, how did he go to to being so meaningless so quickly? It's, I I think, and you've, you've hinted at this and not, and not in a, a huge negative way. For Deshaun, but you've hinted at this with it's like you're deciding when you want to play football nowadays, huh? Huh, yeah. DJ? Like you're disinterested with being on the team more than anything. And I think that is the position he kind of holds to end his career. Well, I think it's kind of a a poor man's Odell situation where he was just so unhappy with his role on the team. And what's funny, you know, we talk about uh, you know, we talk about Jackson like he's done nothing. I think he had eight catches in seven games or something like that. Odell only had 17. So Odell yeah. only had nine more catches than Deshaun had. Yeah, and we're talking about somebody who really expects to contribute and someone who's like, just throw me the ball deep every now and then, please. Yeah, yeah, just uh, in, in the uh, immortal words of one Randy Moss, just chuck it up there, dog. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. What a guy. What'd you, what'd you think of the Von Miller trade? Von Miller goes from the Broncos to the Rams for uh, two second day picks in the 2022 draft day, two and a three. I think this is this is good for both sides. Two second day picks I'm definitely willing to give up to see if Von Miller has that that level juice. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna do some things, some some positive things, but he still talks like he's the Von Miller. Yeah. And um I think that giving away two second day picks to find out if he's that guy in a new environment is worth it. And it, it, I think it'll it'll for the for the first, you know, flash of this change, I think it'll be positive for Vaughn as well. I'm looking at uh, I was just scrolling down to see if there's any Deshaun Jackson stuff and I I'm at the 2021 2022 specials at Bavada in the prop section. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first one that hits me here is one I'm very interested in. One of the better odds at just plus 450. And that would be Detroit to go 0 and 17 in the regular season. How would you feel about that? How do you think do you think there's a chance? I think there's a chance because envisioning a W at this point is very hard. And it's so weird because this is clearly not a worse team than last year. If you if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like this team is better in ways. They're just not talented at all all you know when you're talking about across the board so yeah Mm -hmm. i don't think there's a a spot in a four quarter game where they can win enough of each quarter to win the total game where do you stand on them is it uh the jared goff experiment time to be over it's super over it's super over The, the the challenge now for the lions and the lions front office and the lions offense is to make sure you don't go worse that's Mm -hmm. the only thing don't go worse than jared goff but the 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 eye now is to find someone better just a little bit even even if it's like skill set difference that that allows for some electrifying plays that put you in position to win because Jerry Goff ain't got it man well I mean the next guy up appears to be David Blau and I don't think we're looking at electrifying plays in that particular situation but like, I, I don't know competency and it's 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 weird and it's tough because. The uh, the Eagles game was on at the same time as the Browns game, and we had the we had the Browns Steelers game volume on. So I was mm-hmm. watching the Eagles game on a smaller screen without the volume, and uh, it was kind of you know it's it's difficult to get a feel for how the game is playing out. But every time I looked up, Goff is playing fine. He's twenty five of thirty four to finish it out, two twenty two, not attempting anything downfield, right. not making any splash plays. Right. But seemed competent enough. I just is this is this just a combination of this guy is a fringy starting quarterback and he's going to be made to look even worse because you just don't have explosive playmakers. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself, except I would have thrown some expletives at Jared Goss away. Warranted mm. or not, he's not trying like become so foolishly uh, aggressive at this point like try something look your guys in the eyes and say i'm gonna take a shot here like there's things like that that uh i don't know what would happen coaching wise but your teammates yeah. will respect you man there's the those discussions 1000 percent happen like yo i just we gotta try something so i'm ch- i know coach said keep it safe i'm chucking it up man let's see what happens and that creates something something yeah. man and he's not he's not willing to do that Go get it, Hawkinson. <laughs> Hawkinson will look at him like, bro, I am running a slant. Yeah, it is going to be a seven-yard slant that is as far <laughs> as I'm going. I will not get to the sticks. 
don't <laughs> worry about it. That is my thing. Uh, you want to, you want to, you want to throw it down there. Throw it to Kaderil. He's <laughs> he's up for the running. How is that a T.J. Hawkinson impersonation? That's just fucking weird. I don't know how T.J. Um, Hawkinson sounds, so I spot on. I very well could have nailed that. And I, I think no one should do any research and just assume I crushed that. Uh, safe. It's safe here. If no one does anything past me, you're safe. Um, how'd you feel? How'd you feel watching this game? Forty-four to six. Truth be told, I stopped. I stopped watching with the eye of care. I stopped. It was the first game this year. I tried. I tried. I tried. I stopped caring because this team. I mean, when you got, got to play the swift fumble is when I was like, you know what? Mm. <laughs> this is where like I'm scared for guys like him who. Who knows what's happening in his psyche, in his habit forming? Who knows what's happening? He's he's a guy with high potential who I think has formed a leadership in the in the in the organization. And I think that the new staff believes in him. I think we've seen splash plays, not so much explosive plays, but doing the right thing and getting the yards he can, stuff like that, where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh man, he might now stink, you know, soon enough. <laughs> Well, they the Lions did not have a carry over nine yards this past weekend. Me so the yeah, the explosive offense coming uh, coming to bear for sure. It's just a tough game to watch. Yeah. And, and I don't particularly think the Eagles played great. I really don't. I mean, they ran the ball well, but uh, Jalen Hurts was Jalen Hurts. This is not the way I expected Gardner Minshew to be uh, inserted into Philadelphia in his first look as an Eagle. Yeah. Didn't think it was going to be in a 38-point blowout win over the Lions. I honestly thought there was a chance the Lions win this. Me too. Uh, but, boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we definitely extended the Jalen Hurts train for you. I'm sorry. Um, but you're going to need a little more time to figure out if Jalen's the guy because right now he did great things. Jalen did great. I mean, he, I mean, Jalen was nine of fourteen for a hundred and three yards. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not like he he uh, threw for three fifty and four touchdowns. He was he had a hundred and three yards passing, and he ran seven times for seventy one yards. He looked great. Just, yes, stop saying that. Don't put it out there in the world. He had a hundred and seventy four <laughs> yards of total offense. That is nothing to write home about. But uh, it is what it is, and probably going to be good enough to get him another try next year and uh that's depressing it that is. is depressing for me and uh you know for eagles fans everywhere <laughs> let's let's look to week nine in sure. the national football league i am pulling up these odds as we speak futures opening up i don't want that i want game lines and i want nfl game lines if you don't mind uh, Thursday night football, not the world's most exciting game here. The New York football jets traveled to Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts and Bavada has the Colts minus 10 and a half. Yeah. 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 See, so I want to start this off by once again saying, I am sorry, Mike White. <laughs> I am sorry. You I, st- I say sorry now this time because there's no way you're going to replicate that. No way, no, no, no how. So give me whatever, the Colts here. Whatever the over-under is on passing yards from Mike White, I'm taking the Take under. the under. Take the under, win big. Because the Colts, I mean, aside from some foolishness um, on, you know, the Colts in defensively, they should have won last week. So I think that they can overcome those things and get a win here. So give me the Colts. 
And, you know, it also took a, uh, a Derrick Henry injury. Sheesh. Who would have seen that coming? Not a uh, Although, with that said, this is a freak one, so I'm not even... I'm exactly. Not even I, was gonna say, I don't know if we can attribute that to the thing that... Because the, the narrative's already... I'm, I'm, I'm reading I'm reading lines. I'm reading the, the voices of, of the people. And they're starting yeah. that narrative of, like, being run into the ground. And I'm like, eh, like, sure, but unsubstantiated. Yeah, it's like saying, oh, man, we gave this guy 400 carries last year, and then he got hit by a car. And you know, Exactly, like, exactly. Like, no, you can't put that in the stats. That's the... <laughs> yeah, 28 carries, 68 yards. Not the best final game for Mr. Henry, a long carry of only nine yards. But, hey, Adrian Peterson's in the building now. No, oh, he's a quality. He's a quality veteran signing at this point. You know they're going to give him, like, 30 carries this weekend. He can't wait. He's been waiting. I'm not even joking. I honestly think he's going to get 15. I agree. I think there's definitely a, a 12 plus carry game in in the in the books already. The uh, God, every single game has a a giant story. The Atlanta Falcons head to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints, and uh, Bavada has the Saints minus six. Jameis Winston torn ACL, torn MCL, done zo for the season. It's like when I watched the play happen live, and I'm like, this is the play that Jameis gets hurt on. Like, his body just doesn't, you know, do that thing. He's a pro yeah. quarterback, but a pro athlete, I don't know. So I feel bad for him. But I also agree that this is the Saints game to lose here. This is the Saints game to lose. So I'm going to actually think that they're going to pick up the pieces. No Michael Thomas again. No even real reason to mention him. But... Give me no. the Saints here. No, he he has a another unrelated ankle injury that's been plaguing him this week, and there is no uh, timetable for his return. So. He hates it there. Yes, he does. But that seems like a common thread. One guy who doesn't <laughs> hate the idea of playing in New Orleans came out this week. Uh, Philip Rivers said he'd answer the answer the phone if Sean Payton wanted to pick it up. I think Philip Rivers would have an amazing half of a season with Sean Payton. I think you're potentially right. I really do. It, it seems like a good fit. The offense is a is a good fit for what he does. It just if if the Saints want to contend, it's not going to be with Taysom Hill. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to be with Taylor Heineke or not Taylor no, Heineke. Seems, uh, Trevor Simeon. Simeon. There we go. Um, they're, they're the same person. They are. But uh, yeah, why not give Phil a call? Let's uh, let's have another storyline for Week Ten. Let's do it. The Buffalo Bills head to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bavada, biggest line of the week here, has the Jaguars plus 14 and a half at home. Oh, the Bills are eating this line up. I mean, they're they look like they're in, in, in pretty good form, pretty good shape, scary, scary offense. What they've done to solidify the holes that they were exposed on in the last two seasons. Bravo. Mm-hmm. Bravo all around, and they're paying the dividends. Big win for the Bills against the Jags here. The Cleveland Browns, a team we spent a lot of time talking about earlier, head to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Bavada has the Bengals minus two and a half. Yeah, give me Bengals here who flopped last week. Don't know what happened. The Browns, they don't have it to um, to overcome what I thought would be their struggles two games ago. It's catching up, so give me the Bengals here to rebound and rebound hard. You think it's fair to say we're 100% going to find out who the Browns are this weekend? 
Absolutely. That's the, the fairest statement that we can have because we've gotten away from the, okay, how are they going to adjust, you know, quarterback change, blah, blah, blah. No, we're here now. We're here now. So we'll yeah. find out. Well, last week they managed to get a win helmed by Cooper Rush. This week it looks like <laughs> Dak Prescott will be back at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys as they host the Denver Broncos this weekend. Bavada has the Cowboys minus 10 at home. I can say this with no skin in the game, even though I do want to whisper it, but the Cowboys are rising up the charts as my Super Bowl favorite to represent Gross. the NFC. I know this is a crazy time because the craziest part about this statement is that it doesn't gross me out to say that. I absolutely feel fine saying that this Cowboys team is likely Super Bowl bound. So with that said, give me a win over the Broncos. Uh, not the, uh, not the most exciting game of the weekend here. The Houston Texans who may have Tarod Taylor at the helm travel to Miami who will have Tua Tungavailoa as their starting quarterback for the remainder of the season. Bavada has the Dolphins minus six and a half. Yeah. As, as bad as the Dolphins front office and coaching staff has handled the quarterback situation and all things around it, I think the Texans are in even worse shape. So give him the mm-hmm. Dolphins here. And I think Tua, for also included in this storm, has handled it the best any young player, young quarterback could handle it. And he's actually not playing horrible football. So give me the Dolphins. No, he had a decent enough game uh, a couple of weeks ago. There is not so great this past weekend, admittedly, but that's against a very tough Buffalo defense, 21-39, 2-5 and a pick. But, uh, you know, they... There has to be a giant weight off of him with the trade not being made, with the Deshaun Watson move not being made. He knows this is his team for the remainder of the year, and uh, he can finally settle in. Yep, yep, and that'll be good for him. That'll be it, it's long overdue. I think that's good for anybody. Yeah. Uh oh man, um good good luck setting <laughs> setting a line for this game. Uh, kudos to whoever was responsible. I do not envy you. The Las Vegas Raiders head to New York to take on the New York football Giants, and Bovada has the Giants plus three at home. Again, I say, if the Raiders come out remotely prepared for football this week, yeah, I don't know who inside that building has the psychological power to bring those folks together, but pay that person. With that said... The Giants can finally get eke out their win because they're playing, they're teetering on competent football. They're teetering mm-hmm. on it. They won't have uh, Saquon Barkley, what's new. But um, yeah. I think, you know, they know who they are without them. So this is the week they get their win. Give me the Giants. The Minnesota Vikings traveled to ba- <laughs> pardon me, Baltimore. I wanted to say Buffalo badly. Uh, but they traveled to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens, and Bavada has the Baltimore Ravens. Minus six. Yeah, give me the Ravens here. Uh, both teams kind of playing the game that as who they are. Like both teams are pretty settled in who they are, um, and that makes for an easy choice for me to, for the Ravens to win by at least a touchdown. So give me the Ravens. I said it earlier in the week, and I'm going to stand by it. <clears throat> if you made me power rank all 14 games in uh, in order of my interest from most to least, I think there's a really good chance this game would be at the bottom. Mm-hmm. The New, the New England Patriots travel to Carolina to take on the Carolina Panthers, and Bavada has the Panthers plus four. Same here. Same here. Do not care 
that the Patriots are figuring themselves out and who they have and what personnel groups and how to run them. I mean, they're yeah. back to tight end heavy football. And I love it. I love that because it's going to spawn some something really nice. And they may even, you know, bring in some guys in the offseason. Yeah. Who cares about this game? Give me the Patriots uh, to win over the Panthers. This is a really, really weird line. The And I know west to east is tough, but the Los Angeles Chargers head to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Bavada has the Eagles plus just two at home. Huh. Disres- do you take that as disrespect? To the Chargers? Yes, I do. <laughs> the Chargers are going to beat you guys, man. I don't know. I don't know. And they're going to beat you pretty good. I don't know if this makes is there respect for the Lions in that win? I don't know what the BCS committee is doing. That doesn't sound right. To you me. know, I don't know what's going on. But no, the Chargers will win this in a pretty uh, easy, easy to win game. Well, I am utterly shocked that there's a line for this, given the news earlier in the day. Mm hmm. But the Green Bay Packers head to Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs without Aaron Rodgers. Bavada has the Chiefs minus seven and a half at home. Yeah, completely changed the trajectory of this for me. I was on the other side as with Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are everything that Chiefs defense don't want to see. But without him, uh, the Chiefs can can still make their mistakes. They're just a, a Swiss cheese team. You know, with with talent, like the best of Swiss cheese, the Chiefs are, but still gaping holes everywhere. So give me the give me the Chiefs to take advantage of uh, the Packers minus Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the Packers get a, a brief glimpse into the Jordan Love era this weekend. Sure do. Oh, scary. Future. Good. Good times. The Tennessee Titans travel to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. And Bavada has the Rams minus eight at home. All right, so first let me give you the stat line for uh, Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. 18 carries. Okay. 39 yards. Okay. Two TDs. Okay. Yeah. They Eddie George-esque. Lose. Eddie George, he might be wearing 27 of all numbers, but they lose. The Rams are prime and ready. Give me the Rams here in a hiccup game, but a win. Uh, what's that line on that again? Minus eight. Minus eight. Ooh, I do think they win by 10, though. Give me the Rams here. It's just, it, it is nuts that the Rams will be trotting out Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey on the same defense. It's amazing. And then wait till they uh, grab uh, Odell Beckham Jr. It's going to be nuts. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. They're going for it. It's, a, it. it's possible. Who knows? The final game of the weekend, anytime you end with the Bears, is just a uh, <laughs> going out with a whimper. But the Chicago Bears head to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, Bavada has the Steelers minus six and a half. That's funny. Me and Bavada are looking at this in different ways. One, I'm looking at the variable, the X factor, Justin Fields. As much as I know he's still not ready uh, to be, you know, a reckoned with starter in the league, he's developing into maximizing his skill set, at least from what we saw last week. And his skill set is exactly. Uh, what you know stabilize um, stabilizes the Bears offense and makes what the Steelers defense uh, do not uh, not handle <laughs> mm-hmm. very well, which is a quarterback that can move. Um, if you can get away from the, those two defensive tackles, if you can get away from them, there's a lot of room to find success against the Steelers defense. And I think 
the Bears will be able to make a couple of those plays, to be honest. Uh, so I'm actually going to go Bears here for your upset pick. Put money on it. Win a lot of money. The Bears will beat the Steelers this week. Well, one one bonus game here, and uh, this this one's fascinating. It's not often you see a number three overall team playing an unranked team and uh, only favored by three points, but that's the case here. Michigan State has a Purdue, and Bavada has Purdue plus three. Yeah, the Purdue offense is a tough offense to cover. They're a very tough cover for, I think, most teams in the nation, but especially most teams in the Big Ten. So I can see where this line comes from. There's definitely going to be some big game fatigue coming off those Spartan dogs. But I think what we saw from Mel Tucker's team, mentally tough, mentally tough young group of, 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 of fellas. So I think they actually win by 10. Man, this if this feels like a statement game for Michigan State. That this is a we're real. This is the uh, you know we deserve to be ranked this high. Don't we're not going to be troubled by the unranks of the world. Even if Purdue gave uh, has given some teams a couple of uh, scares, even more so than than scares uh, this season. It's uh, it's either. You know, I said it for the Browns, but we're going we're gonna to find out who they are. They're, Michigan State's real, or uh, they got a little bit lucky. Yeah, let's find out. Let's find out. You know where I sit. You are not a fan. <laughs> go, go blue. Uh, the over-under, I can't remember what for Kenneth Walker touchdowns this weekend. Where would you set it? Oh, I would set it at three. That's where I would go to. Mm-hmm. That's where I would go to. So I guess it has to be, I guess it's got to be two and a half. Mm-hmm. Where would you... What's your what would your what's your pick here? I think we're gonna go under there. Uh, I think mainly because of you know Purdue's offense. Uh, we're gonna try we're gonna try to slow it down. But um, if we can get Naylor back, I don't know what what the deal is there. Uh, we can get over the top on their their secondary, which hasn't been um, the greatest. So I think uh, we'll we'll get some extra help from the past game, and that'll take some TDs away from our boy Walker. It's just unfortunate that uh, your quarterback play is what it is. Um, Good times. Uh, what a what a bummer it would be to beat Michigan and then have your season dashed by Purdue. Oh, I don't even want to picture it, but I'll be locked in. Trust me. All right, that is it for this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Warwardell. Thanks for listening, and we will see you back here next time.